Welcome to Dr. Oklahoma, a podcast that shines a light on uniquely Oklahoman health challenges and situations by chatting with integrous medical professionals who live here, work here, and are willing to lend their time and expertise to all of our listeners. Today we have Dr. David Parker, an orthopedic surgeon with Integris. Dr. Parker, thank you so much for joining us. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. It's fall time and the kids are suiting up. They're back on the fields in a wide variety of sports right here in Oklahoma. Is this a time of year where you tend to see a surge in injuries on those Saturday mornings and those practice evenings? Well, that's actually a little bit interesting because more kids are actually participating year-round in their chosen sport. Um, But certainly for those that have taken a little bit of a break, you might start seeing a little bit more of those kind of overuse injuries start creeping up. Um, People are not acclimated necessarily to the heat, so they have to kind of get used to it. And maybe they're not being as hydrated as well as they should be. So certainly you can see a lot of those uh, injuries and repetitive injuries come out a little bit more frequently. Sure. What do you see most of? I mean, obviously there's a very wide range of injuries, but do you tend to see, you know, trends towards specific types of injuries? Well, usually, especially in younger athletes, you're seeing, again, a lot of those repetitive injuries, a lot of strains and things like that. Uh, For our contact athletes, you'll see like muscle contusions and things. Those tend to be a little bit less frequent, um, but more or less it's just kind of the typical bumps and bruises in most cases. Sure. Let's have a look just at a couple of the different types of, of injuries. Let's start with sprains. Now, describe for us exactly what a sprain is and what we can perhaps do to avoid those in the warm-up or whatever part sure, of the game might absolutely. be. Yeah. So a sprain is essentially just an injury that's on a spectrum of other injuries. Our tissue is made up of a, of a protein scaffold that's called collagen, and there's different kinds. And so when you're looking at a ligament or you're looking at a tendon, it's made up of a certain amount of collagen fibers. But when you stretch it, it can only stretch so far. So whether you You tear a thousand of those fibers or even a million of those fibers, that's what a sprain is. And if you completely tear the ligament, then you have what's a full tear or a high grade sprain in that example. And in, you know, for some knee ligament injuries, for example, like the medial collateral ligament or the MCL, those sometimes can heal on their own with just the proper care and rehab. Otherwise, you know, some injuries like the ACL, for example, have most typically are reconstructed. Let's go from sprains to strains. So let's talk about muscular strains uh, from overuse through overstretching, overextension, and then into into tears and, and more serious muscular injuries. So specifically with muscle strains, I mean, the pathology is very similar. I mean, you, you've got essentially an overload of the, of the muscle or you've got a, a stretch beyond what its normal capacity is. And so you end up tearing some of those fibers. Now, with muscle Muscle doesn't really regrow new muscle. It ends up just actually scarring in. And so if somebody has a frank tear through across the body of the muscle, that can be a pretty severe injury. They may lose part of the power out of that muscle. And so in most cases, the vast majority of cases, um, you're looking at something a little bit more minor where proper stretching, icing, hydration, and the proper rest is really all that is necessary. Oftentimes people will say, I think I've stretched a muscle, I've strained a muscle, as opposed to, wow, I know I've torn a muscle. What is the indicator? Again, for a parent, you know, looking at a kid's injury saying, is this, is this a, a strain of this muscle or is this an actual tear? In most cases, it's usually not the muscle itself that's, that's torn. It's usually something around where it inserts on a tendon or the tendon's insertion. And so if they notice like suddenly they've got weakness in in a particular point or, for example, 
maybe they were jumping or they landed awkwardly on their knee, but all of a sudden they feel a pop in the front of their knee and they can't extend it any further um, or they've lost some capacity to be able to extend their knee. And then that's a, an example of where they may have either like a quadriceps tendon rupture or a patellar tendon rupture. Um, those are the kinds of things that we're looking at. And you, again, like the strain is just, it's basically an overpull. You're, you're, you're exceeding the limits of the tissue uh, for, by some means. How do we avoid particularly hamstring injury, but other muscular injury through stretching before games and before matches? I mean, I think you kind of hit the nail on the head there. I mean, it's really just making sure that, number one, you're – you're doing things properly. You're, you're monitoring proper technique and you're not trying to put yourself at a disadvantage, essentially. Um, I think it's, you know, stretching before and after, getting a proper warm up and cool down will help prevent those kinds of repetitive injuries and, and strains or even tears. Just being cognizant and responsive to your body, I think, you know, it's just about making sure that you're doing things appropriately. You're giving yourself the amount of time that you need. I think, when we're talking about trying to regain motion, for example, we talk about the total end time of uh, they're holding the stretch. And I think as long as you're, you're doing it properly to the point where you feel like you've got a little bit of a burn, but you're also holding it for 20, maybe 30 seconds, then you know you're getting a full deep stretch. Um, but then you have to do that a couple of times to make sure you're nice and loosened up. You mentioned earlier you're doing shoulder surgeries as well. So let's talk a little bit about specific injuries that you see with shoulders and elbows. And again, a little bit about the prevention, what we can do to try and strengthen kids and, and keep them away from them. So the interesting thing about the shoulder is that it's kind of a compromise between mobility and stability. So it's a very, very mobile joint, but at the expense of it not being the most stable of joints. So it's prone to things like dislocations and things like that um, when it's basically moved to the extremes. But if your posture is bad and you don't have good coordination between your back and the front muscles, you know, the pec muscles and your deltoid and your biceps, things like that, then you kind of alter your mechanics a little bit so where you get these repetitive overuse injuries. So I think making sure that you're maintaining that proper balance, that you're focusing also on your back muscles as well as rotator cuff strengthening, for example, the muscles around the shoulder blade and things like that will help prevent some of those injuries. Okay, very interesting. Let's talk a little bit about concussion. And um, it's a hot topic in the world of, certainly in the world of football, but uh, you know, concussive injuries happen across a wide range of sports. Talk a little bit about Weekend sports, kids are out there. What are the signs to look for when they look like they've had some sort of a blow to the head or to the shoulders, to the upper body? And, and what do we look for in those, those first signs of concussion when we come over to that, to that child on the field? Um, so there's quite a wide variety of different things that you can look out for. I mean, some of the hard signs are if, a, if an athlete loses consciousness or they're, you know, sometimes if they're slow to get up or maybe if they hold their head or their helmet – um, but other things that they may complain about are headaches. Uh, they may feel dizzy. They may kind of feel like they're lost in a fog, for example. Um, those are some of the kind of classic things that people might look out for. What about the old one of seeing stars? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think anytime somebody says, oh, you just got your bell rung or something, or maybe they're seeing stars, you have to be very, very suspicious in those patients because, in you know, a lot of times that's actually a concussion, um, and even though they may recover pretty quickly, the, the repercussions and the, the problems that you can develop if you continue to play after something like that can be pretty harsh. Okay. But really, any suspicion at any level would be an emergency room visit, would you recommend? 
Not necessarily. So that's why we have the protocols. So I think some of the hard signs, like if a patient or excuse me, a patient, but if a player loses or an athlete loses consciousness or they have worsening of their symptoms, like maybe they feel like they're a little dizzy, but then all of a sudden they start getting a headache and then all of a sudden they become nauseated and they start vomiting. So nausea and vomiting um, also like those are all things that would prompt uh, me to probably send somebody to the emergency room to, to be more formally evaluated with imaging. Sure. How important is it to emphasize to kids, uh, and I'm not just talking about football here, I'm certainly talking about kids that are riding skateboards and bikes. I'm talking about kids that are playing baseball and softball. Talk a little bit about the importance of, of head protection and the gear that we've got now to protect and the developing gear that you're seeing coming into the market. Mm -hmm. I know I've seen some very interesting helmets lately on kids that appear to be at practice and I haven't seen those before. So obviously we're moving towards a, a better level of protection. Talk a little bit about the importance of it, what it's set up to do and the effectiveness of it. Absolutely. So. I mean, I think anybody who's been paying attention to ESPN knows all the stuff that's going on with Antonio Brown, especially on the football side of things. But, you know, I think it's important that you have a properly fit helmet, okay, especially for football, um, even baseball when you're at bat. Um, any any sport participation where a helmet's required, I mean, you just got to make sure that it's properly fit. And sometimes that's not very comfortable to the athlete. But again, you know, in those collision sports like lacrosse, for example, um, anytime where you're making contact helmet to helmet, you're still going to be at risk even with the protection. Right. So from your perspective, I mean, it, you see these injuries, you treat them, you know, you, you've built a career out of getting athletes, you know, back onto the field. How should parents approach whether they're going to let their kids play these sports, some of which have a lower risk of injury, some of which certainly have a higher risk of injury? I think team sports and participation is actually, it's excellent for the social development of the young athlete. I mean, you know, you, you learn a lot about yourself when you're participating with the team. You learn how to play well with others, you know, no pun intended. But um, And so, the, you know, there's a lot to be gained from participating in sports. But, yes, there there are risks. You know, you there are risks of injuries. Um, and fortunately, most of those are minor injuries. You know, you, you do the best you can to try to prevent the more severe stuff from happening. But, you know, we don't have magic wands, unfortunately, and stuff does happen. But I think as long as they're learning proper technique and they're taking care of themselves and they're doing things in a proper way and they're giving themselves adequate rest, then you prevent a lot of those more severe things from happening. Very nice. What does it mean to you to be able to get a, a young athlete back on the field and through an injury? How, how does that affect you personally? I think it's great. I mean, it's not necessarily about, you know, seeing more and more athletes. I, I actually enjoy being a member of the community and and, you know, I'm not afraid to spend more time with somebody if they if they need a little bit more encouragement, because, you know, when somebody becomes injured from playing, you know, there there's all kinds of changes. There's more than just the hurt that occurs. You know, people hurt, but then they also have like the anxiety and other things that kind of go with it. And in being part of sports medicine, you get to help guide through all of that aspect. You actually get to be more. In, in my opinion, I feel like you get to be more involved with the, the athlete or the patient. Um, and so I think that, that to me is very rewarding. Very nice. Thank you, Doctor. Absolutely. Thank you. And to our listeners, join us next time where we'll be busy getting a doctor's advice on how to stay healthy so we can continue living and loving life in our great state right here on Doctor Oklahoma. Doctor Oklahoma.